This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I'm joined today by Jason Caldwell. We are now, obviously, well into Auburn's bye week. Here, the Tigers, of course, dropped their first couple SEC games, and it's not going to get any easier when they return from the bye week because they head to Baton Rouge and play LSU. It's kind of crazy to think about, actually, Jason, that, I mean, for as cursed as Baton Rouge was, they have a chance to win two straight games in that stadium, which is kind of wild to think about. Of course, both programs have, have turned over coaches um, since then, but you know, we thought we'd just talk today about where this team is in the bye week, what we want to see from them after the bye week, um, maybe some things that we think should be worked on the most. Um, you know, there's never a bad time for an off week, Jason, especially with the rule of of an SEC season. But, um, man, Auburn really needed this one, I think, from a from an injury standpoint. And, I mean, talking to Hugh Freeze and players the past couple weeks, especially with how they played against Georgia, it just feels like so many things for them are right on the cusp of maybe breaking through. And so particularly on offense and in that passing game, um, I think this is the right time to get a bye week, kind of catch your breath, you know, review what is and isn't working and and maybe come out and be a little bit more efficient in that aspect of the game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you're right. I think the first thing about a bye week, obviously a lot of injuries for this team, but you know, they, you had the trip to California you return home, then you have a trip to Texas A&M. You come back and you play Georgia. Um, I think I think a lot of people are dead legged, including us who made those trips too. Um, it, it was taxing on a body, much less playing football. And so I think this is a great time to kind of take a deep breath, get your legs back on you, even for the guys who aren't injured, quote unquote injured. I mean, saw like Marcus Harris Sunday, and that you know he's after a football game, you're walking around like like me. And, you know, you're know, not supposed to look like that as a, as a college football player. That's how rough it is on the body. So it's, I think it's a great time for this team um, from a health standpoint, try to get guys ready to go for this next stretch run. And you're right. This is the time of year when, when you can go, okay, I, who are we? You're not worried about the next team yet. Who are we? So you go and, okay, let's watch ourselves. You grade films and you do those things. But in the college football world, from week to week, you don't have really time to go back and go, okay, let's let's deep dive into our own. You, you don't have time to do that. Now you do during a bye week. How much different will it look? I don't know. Um, I agree. I, I thought there were some some positives to take from every aspect of the game on Saturday. Even though the passing game, from a number standpoint, didn't look greater, 
I thought Peyton Thorne after the first couple of series looked much more comfortable in the pocket, throwing the ball down the field, got some help on a few throws. Really the last two games, there were a couple of plays and a couple of plays is there between winning and losing a lot of football games. For Auburn, there are a couple of plays against A&M, whether it was a, a couple of errant throws and a couple of balls that could have been caught. And then Georgia, where there's a few balls that could have been caught, a bad snap on fourth down. This is the difference between maybe a couple of games of winning games, and that's how close they are. So I think it's a, I think, I think it's a team that has some confidence going in, even though they've lost two straight games. Yeah, and you know that's a Hugh Freeze said on Wednesday. He said he, he, upon looking at the film, he felt like there were maybe ten to twelve plays that could have been coached better. Maybe, maybe you look. I mean, he he said that fourth and one call at, at Georgia's twelve yard line. He was satisfied with going for it. I mean, the it, the analytics, whatever you know, tells you to go for it there, and, and he was fine with it. But you get a you get a snap that after the game he said was quote eight feet in the air, and so that's maybe something where. Look, obviously that does reflect on Avery Jones, but at the same time, maybe in hindsight, things like that, Hugh Freeze is saying, eh, maybe we should have just, you know, gone under center. Maybe we should have kicked the field goal. Um, but like like you said, Jason, you have now the luxury to reflect on those things. We hear it every week. I'm, I'm, I, I sit and wait for Freeze on the teleconference. You hear multiple coaches say, it's not about it's not about the opponent. It's about us. How can we get better this week? But like you said, it's so hard to actually do that, and it's so hard to actually put that into practice. Because you are worried about playing like a top 15 team every single week because you play in the SEC. And so for a patchwork roster that's had some issues here in the early season, it, it really does feel like the right time for this. You you mentioned the injury front, um, Jason. We get another defensive player added to a list of, a list of guys who are going to be out for a long time. This is the one that we know is going to be out for the longest amount of time. Mosiah um, Nasili Kite, the Maryland transfer. Um, he'd been leading Auburn's defensive ends and snaps here early in the season. So, you know, you can start or whatever. He has been their most utilized player at that position. He's out for the season, tore his bicep in that Georgia game. He had not been spectacularly productive here in the early season, but he's still an experienced guy who was a part of a defensive line that I think you and I both agree has been maybe a little bit better than we thought it was going to be. Um, some other injuries to get into because that is just such a big part of this week. Um, Damari Alston could be back maybe a little bit sooner than originally anticipated. He had that separated shoulder against Texas A&M. Hugh Freeze said he could actually be back to practice next week. Now, does that mean he plays against LSU? Maybe, maybe not. But he said it's kind of at the latest he'll play when they come back home against Ole Miss. Jalen Simpson, this was one that I don't think people, it was kind of on their radar and maybe a little bit of panic because he's, I think, been the best player on this team. I think he's going to be fine. Um, We talked to him after the game. And he was already talking about his his calf was swollen. Somebody just rolled over on it. Um, I think Freeze is being the right amount of diplomatic here before you play, <laughs> not just telling LSU, yeah, our best player will be out there, no problem, kind of just rolling things along slowly. Um, Javarius Johnson on offense, Jason, he didn't play against, uh, against Georgia. He has a hamstring issue right now. And then Keontae Scott and Austin Keys are the guys that were still – Yeah. Still waiting on, still going to be a few weeks now before they're uh, they're back in the swing of things. But Simpson is obviously the one that that uh, that pokes out the most here. Demari Olson, they would love to get back because this is a running back group that's been already pretty solid. You can get even deeper. Um, but with Messiah Nasili Kite, we were talking about this yesterday, Jason. You know, Keldrick Falk and Zeke Walker in limited time 
this year, they've both been pretty good. And so yeah. now it's like, all right, you've got your feet wet, particularly for a guy like Keldrick, a true freshman. Let's maybe turn you loose a little bit and, uh, and see what you got because we've been very impressed with him whenever he's been on the field. Yeah, no, I think you see more of Keldrick. You're right. I think we'll see much more of him. Uh, obviously, Zeke Walker is there too. And then you wonder if this opens the door for maybe Bobby James and Travis to get a little bit more of a run, even though he's not classic end guy. He's 6'4", 320. Marcus Harris is a guy that can play both spots. So you could you could slide Marcus Harris to end in maybe early down situation some if you wanted to. You know, LSU, I don't know. The, the thing about LSU, we've heard people ask about Justin Rogers or Jason Jones. Well, with a guy with an offense like LSU that wants to spread the field, same thing the next two weeks with Ole Miss 2 and Jackson Dart, you're going to need more guys that can run on that defensive line, the guys that can get after the quarterback, do some of those things. Maybe it, maybe you do Marcus Harris and – and and keep him a tackle a little bit more, but um, the good thing is there there are some bodies on this team, and they've got some depth. Um, you just got to have somebody to step up now in a bigger role. And I think Keldrick Polk is the first guy that you look to in that role. Um, now for him, you got five games. You go okay, all right. If you're you know Jeremy Garrett, you bring me to okay. Now what do you think about you know where you are? What's the next step for you? in terms of being able to play from 15 snaps to 30 snaps a game. Uh, Cause that's probably what you're looking at. I don't think, I don't think we expect Keldrick Clark to go out there and play 55 snaps on defense, but if you get him to 30 snaps and you get, um, you know, 25 or 30 from Zeke Walker and a few that you maybe slide around in some third down situations, then, then you could, you could be okay, but it just limits depth already on that defensive line. Yeah, and he's been, you know, I feel like there's been a couple plays every game where even from the press box, I'm sure you from the field, um, you're kind of just like, whoa. Like, I mean, he either throws an offensive lineman aside or, I mean, that that athleticism for a guy who is the best recruit on this roster from their uh, their most recent class, it really starts to show. And so, yeah, I mean, they've, they've just – and there's like you said, there's little dings and bruises for guys who don't even get brought up, um, and that just needs to be it's, – it's the right time of year for them to get healthy and particularly on defense, because like you said, their next two opponents are two teams that just went out and had a shootout in Oxford. And those are the two best scoring offenses in the SEC. And so on both sides of the ball, you obviously need to play well. Auburn's offense needs to improve and be able to, to score and keep up. Um, Jason, we'll, we'll kind of start off with, I guess, good news first. Let's talk about what maybe as, as, as compared to preseason expectations, what has surprised you maybe a couple things through the first five games in a positive way things that maybe you weren't necessarily expecting to see in, in, in such an efficient fashion, because like we mentioned, there's really only been a couple disastrous quarters, two or three for this team so far. I mean, you can't really ask them to do much more than they did against Georgia. This was a team we knew we weren't expecting them to go out there and win nine games this year, but you needed to show improvement. They have in a lot of areas, but at the same time, there's a, there's a lot of things they can definitely Get better at, but what do you think have been a couple things that here early in the year you've come away being positively, I guess, uh, surprised at? It's got to be defense. Um, I mean, from where we were in the preseason and the things we heard, um, not just from you know people in scrimmages, but from coaches and players, they basically said, "Look, the offense is is getting the best of the defense pretty much every day." Um, it goes to show you, though how much game planning can impact things. 
and we've seen that on defense. Ron Roberts has, has done a masterful job of, of planning and scheming on defense and getting the most out of that group that, that is not the most talented group by a long shot. Um, and so, I, to me, it's been the defense as a whole. And then, honestly, I, I look at it and I go, there's a few guys on that defense. Jalen Simpson, I expected. That's this is, that's what I expected him to be. Um, the guys for me have been the Donovan Kaufman, um, Eugene Asante, Cam Riley, um, those guys that we've seen, but they're now fitting into a scheme and and in a place where somebody's putting them in the best position to make plays. Um, you know, Donovan Kaufman's a guy that was back as a deep free safety. That's not who he is after seeing him now. He's a guy that, that needs to be at the line of scrimmage, attacking guys and getting under blockers, doing those things. The same for Eugene Asante. And Cam Riley has been asked to be a, just kind of a, a classic linebacker for three years, and now they're letting him do some things and make plays from sideline to sideline. He's got a couple of sacks already and, and making some plays. So it's been the defense for me that's been the, the, the most pleasant surprise by a long way. Yeah, and I even look on the other side of the ball. Me and Christian were talking about this yesterday, Jason. I mean, for as you look across the country, even at teams that didn't go so transfer heavy along the offensive line, um, it's it, it maybe more than any other position on the field. It's just so difficult to get to get chemistry there. Um, I I thought they pushed Georgia around a little bit, right? In, in certain spots, and again, it goes back to I think there was one one game Texas A and M. Now that's the best defensive front you've, you've faced all season. So obviously you want to improve off of that. Um, but, you know, the Cal game, Hugh Freeze said, look, we protected well. We maybe could have run for 150 plus yards if we had, you know, not had so many mistakes of our own over the course of drives. That's been one for me that, I mean, I don't know if they're not dominant in, in run blocking or, or pass blocking right now. Um, but just seeing how difficult that sort of thing is together, that's one group for me that, that has maybe been a little bit better than I anticipated. And then you mentioned on defense. I mean, we had so many questions about this defensive front, and mainly the D-line in preseason camp. Now, they're taking some injuries. We'll see where they go from there. But, I mean, Marcus Harris and Jalen McLeod were fantastic in this last game um, against Georgia. You're starting to see maybe – maybe I'm wrong, but Justin Rogers seems to kind of be settling in these past couple games, maybe getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, up there, it's still like you said, it's still not the most talented D line you're going to find in the SEC, and they kind of have to be creative in order to find success there. But um, man, I mean that, that that that's a group that in the preseason there was so much concern about the run defense. Um, they thought they would be able to rush the passer, and so far, I mean, like you obviously the dam kind of broke late against Georgia in terms of stopping the pass, but other than that, they've executed extremely well um, over the course of five games and. Maybe it's not something we should be overly surprised about, considering Ron Roberts and his uh, and his history as a quality defensive coordinator. But um, I just didn't think this was a group that that necessarily had the dudes up front to to be as impactful as they are so far. And I think that's going to be a huge key. I think when you look at LSU and Ole Miss these next couple of games, it's tough. 
But they're going to keep asking these guys to be good. I mean, they're going to have to be good every single game if Auburn wants to win this game. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, yep, and, and going back to your offensive line thoughts, um, they stayed ahead of the chains after that first series. They stayed ahead of the chains against Georgia and were able to stay out of third and long pressure situations, and it, it changed the, the entire look of the offense. They did not do that against Cal and Texas A&M because of mistakes. Mistakes really cost them. And remember, think back to the Cal game. They're driving. You have a fumble on one of those series. You have a couple of penalties on, on another play. Texas A&M, the same thing. Brian Batty gets gets a big play call back because of a hold that would have put Auburn inside the 20-yard line on a first down run. Um, you have those things that happened. You clean some of those things up for Georgia, and you look at the, the, the running backs as a whole, averaging about five yards a carry. Um, that's pretty darn good, considering you've already played Texas A&M and Georgia, two of the best defensive fronts in the country. Um, you know, the running backs against A&M would average with almost eight yards of carry uh, that day. So you're right. The, the offensive line has done a good job of doing those things. And, you know, people forget about, you know, you know, Cam Stutz has been dealing with an ankle injury that all you do is get it good enough to play the next week. And then you have to rehab it again the next week. This will give him a chance to get back to, to closer to being full speed as well. Um, you know, Tutal Miller had an ankle injury had, that he's been dealing with too. So this will give those guys a chance to get back healthy again and um, see if they can go out and run the football uh, against LSU. Yeah, across three Power 5 games this year, um, 5.8 yards per carry for all of Auburn's running backs. That's winning football. Yes, that's winning football. Yeah, and it's, you know, there have been some moments where, look, I, I thought one of my biggest takeaways against Georgia was, and it's really kind of been the case all season, when this offense gets going and when they can string together a first down or two, um, it's so much of it is about the rhythm, of course, with the RPO system that they're running. But when they start to develop a rhythm and, and, and get a couple first downs together, they usually have some pretty successful drives. They punted five times against Georgia, and four of those were three and outs. So most of the time, and the other drive that they punted on was a 32-yard drive. So and that's kind of been the case past couple of games. If you, if they can get off the ground, if they if the plane can take off and they don't just mm-hmm. sputter in three plays and then punt, yeah. they've actually been able to kind of get some get some plays together. A lot of that, of course, comes from Peyton Thorne um, and his confidence. I thought that run early in the game. I said it in our exit survey. That was that was my most important offensive play of this game because you just kind of you needed that. You needed you needed a shot in the arm if you're Peyton Thorne. Everyone's questioning you. Everyone's wondering, hey, are they going to make a quarterback change? And now we're at the point, and maybe we'll use this to kind of segue into things we want to see improve. 
passing game is sort of far and away the number one as we're looking into what Freeze calls the second half of the season. I don't think we're really in a position where Peyton Thorne is in danger of getting yanked for the starting job at the moment. I think he would have to go out there and be the sole reason that they are losing the game. I think we'd have to look pretty bad. Um, but like Hugh Freeze has been saying all preseason, Jason, or in all early parts of the year, there's so many elements of this offense right now. But right now, I think it's it's Freeze or excuse me, it's Thorne in these receivers. Um, they need to find a better rhythm. I think that you you talk so much about playmakers. You need guys to step up because, I mean, it's been Jay Fair, obviously Fairweather. I mean, Shane Hooks is out there, but he only has eight catches on 17 targets. That's not the rate that you want. Javarius Johnson has five catches. No other receiver, Jason, besides those guys I just mentioned, has more than two receptions all season. So you really need some guys. I think maybe this is the bye week where – Hey, Camden Brown, is he healthy enough? Does he need more snaps? Can Caleb Burton maybe play some of that slot if Javarius Johnson is still injured a little bit? I just think you're in the spot now where, I mean, I don't know what you think, but it I don't know how much left you have to lose in terms of your personnel in the passing game and saying, let's try to find some more playmakers out there um, that can go and get the ball. Because like you free said against Georgia, Thorne was actually pretty accurate. He put the ball in the right spot a lot of times and they, they needed their receivers. They wanted the receivers to go up and make bigger plays. Yeah, and, you know, you, you look, Jay Fair has four catches for 22 yards in the last two games. Um, if, if you're asking that guy to be your best player, then then you got to get him in positions. And, and he's, you know, Texas A&M would have been a big play there. They took a shot with him against Georgia as well down the sidelines. Um, but we saw Georgia. When they needed plays, they said, oh, okay, we're going to just keep throwing the ball to our best player and see what happens. Now, Auburn does not have Brock Bowers, nor does anybody else have Brock Bowers, so you don't have that option. But you go, okay, who are who are our best players? We've seen Rivaldo Fairweather. I, I think I think Auburn has to try to find a way to get the ball down the field a little bit, get a little bit more. Um, teams are going to say, look, I'm, we're not letting you throw the, the two- and three-yard routes anymore. And um, that's the – it's a – you know, kind of a chicken or the egg thing because to do that, you got to be able to hold the ball a little longer. They haven't been able to do that as much. So you bring in an extra blocker. Well, then they're able to bracket you a little bit more because you have less receivers out there in the pattern. So it's tough. It's a, it's a hard answer. That's where that's where you have to depend on guys to make plays. And we saw it last week. Um, you know, Michael Johnson has an opportunity down the sidelines for a catch and the ball gets knocked out. But a play like that, uh, think about, you know, Nick Mardner and, and a back shoulder throw that was there that he just didn't turn around on. Those are plays that this team has to make if they want to win games like that. And um, if you want to win at LSU, if you want to beat Ole Miss, you're going to have to have some plays made in the passing game. And so those guys, you're right, somebody has to step up as a playmaker for this team. And, um, you know, if you're Auburn and you go, okay, we've seen a little bit more Cameron Brown the last two weeks. And, and has made a couple of plays. Amari Kelly's been a guy that's made plays when given the opportunity. Maybe maybe give him a few more opportunities to do that. But um, the thing is, they have, they have numbers now. You just got to go find the guy that can, can step up in the, in the clutch situation. Yeah, and especially if Var Johnson is able to play now. Like you said, you have, you have those guys available. I just wonder if maybe this is the, this is the right time for them to catch their breath take some better evaluation with Marcus Davis and Phil Montgomery and Hugh Freeze and say, look, who's out there making a play 
And you know, do do we miss his blocking that much to where we don't want somebody else in there that could possibly go out um, and make a play? You've got Coy Moore healthy now. Maybe you have Nick Mardner healthy. I wonder about Caleb Caleb Burton, but maybe maybe he's just I don't know how maybe I don't know how much of the offense he's been running. It just looks like to me he looks like one of the more talented guys in the receiving core. But obviously, if you're not running that offense, if you've if you've not been in the first and second team, it's difficult to to throw you in there um, at the last minute. We'll, we'll kind of close out, Jason, and look ahead to their last seven games of the year. Of course, six more SEC games. They got that huge win at the beginning of the year that we thought was so important when they played Cal for bowl eligibility, that, that we knew that was going to be a big one because then you only need to win two SEC games. I'm not saying that should be the expectation for this team is just, you know, skate by and, and win a couple games. But we were talking about on the board the other day and somebody posted it. What games is Auburn going to be favored in from here on out? You're probably at this point, you're, you're pretty solid saying there's going to be three of them. I think Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, even though Vandy's on the road, I think this Auburn team would, would probably be a favorite over them at this moment. Um, and then New Mexico State, you're, you're assuming you're going to get a win there. I think, Jason, this next game is sort of comparable to Georgia in that I don't know how many people think Auburn's going to go into Baton Rouge and win. It would take a really good effort. And I, this, this LSU defense is not great, but I just you're going to have to score a lot. They need to play – they need to have this same feeling again of – hey, we played well, we don't have the talent, maybe our offense can't keep up at the moment, but we didn't shoot ourselves the foot. One penalty against Georgia, I mean, that's excellent for this team. Um, you basically didn't have a turnover. I mean, that that last play, I mean, that's just desperation. You're just trying to make something happen. And so I really think because of how big that opportunity is against Ole Miss when they come to Jordan-Hare, because you maybe need to get some wins rolling at the end of October, I think they need to go and keep their confidence high because that's what you said, Jason. They could win into the bye week, even at 0-2 in the SEC – they're feeling pretty good about certain things. Even if you're 0-3, you'd be 0-3 in the league for the first time since 2012. That's that's crazy. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. You, would, you wouldn't feel terrible if you go in and you compete with LSU and Baton Rouge, and then you give yourself an opportunity when you come back home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said several times, I, this schedule to me divided up into three, six, and three. I thought you looked at it at you know, UMass – um, Sanford, New Mexico State, three games where you go, hey, you just better go ahead and chalk those up in the win column. Then you have three where you go, you're going to have to play really well and give yourself a chance to win. You've had one of those already, Georgia. You, th- that's one where you go, I mean, if you win that game, it is gravy. LSU's the second one. Alabama's the third one. Even though it's at home, that's still one where you go from a talent standpoint. Then you have six where you go, Okay, you feel like those are probably toss-up games. A&M, even though they're talented, you still put in that category, and Auburn would have had a chance to win that game. Cal was one. You're one and one in those six games where you feel like, how many of those can you get? Um, If you get one of the other three, then it's huge. How many of the six can you get? So you're still – you still got Ole Miss. You still got Mississippi State. You still got Arkansas. You still got, you know, four of those games still left. How many of those can you get the rest of the way, and then can you steal one? And so that's that's how this schedule shaped out to me. This is week two of, well, if you go over there and win this one, then it is icing. Uh, can you? Absolutely. This team can go when it showed Saturday. Um, they can go over there and they can win the games. They can they can beat Alabama at home. We saw that a couple of years ago. Um, but you just now you mentioned it earlier. Can you keep doing this? Can you keep improving and building on what you've done? Because if you do that. 
then then you're going to have a chance to to do some good things before this year's over with. Yeah, and we'll keep learning more about the SEC schedule and the teams in the league. It's maybe coming into focus a little bit better, but at, by the time we get into late October, I think we'll know. This weekend is a big one. This weekend yep, tells us a lot. Um, Arkansas has struggled. Ole Miss is Ole Miss. You know, what's LSU going to Missouri? I, I, I mean, Georgia, Kentucky. I don't know. There's there's a lot of question marks still for me. That Alabama-Texas A&M game is really interesting. Uh, we saw Texas A&M in person. Um, we know that that's a game that Auburn could have easily won um, had they not made so many mistakes down the stretch. What does that one look like Saturday? I mean, that, this this weekend is going to be another one of those big stepping stone weekends because it kind of gives us a little overall view of the rest of the league. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, is Alabama, are they back on the right foot? Are they going to go in there and execute really well? Um, wouldn't be surprised if they went in there and lost because we saw how Texas A&M's defense – I mean, this is an Alabama offense that was overwhelmed by all the talent that Texas has on its defensive line. I mean, A&M's got a lot of that too. Right. So how much can, is that going to yeah. affect them? Can they, can they run the ball and protect protect the passer? I mean, Texas A&M's done a good job of getting after folks. Um, you know, that'll be it'll be one that's interesting to watch. Hey, Auburn just ran for over 200 yards um, against Georgia. Kentucky comes in. Now, Florida's defense obviously not nearly as good, but Kentucky comes in after running for, I don't know, it felt like a thousand last weekend against Florida. Um, be a fun game to watch too. Yeah, Kentucky's got the best running back in the league right now in, in Ray Davis. I mean, he's he's first in almost every single possible category. He's one of the best in the country right now. And so, yeah, can they take advantage of a of a Georgia run defense? Arkansas is the other one where it was like, okay, who who's Auburn going to be favored against? I said, look, if they keep spiraling. Auburn Correct. picks up a couple, maybe, because their schedule, oh, I mean, just, we talked about in the preseason. They have no time to catch their breath. It's it's absolutely brutal because they have Alabama after this game. Arkansas has Alabama on the road next week after, you know, they, it, because of the BYU loss. You, I mean, you'd have to pull an upset right now um, to win one, to not have a four game losing streak. And that's where they would be. And you do that all of a sudden. The, the wolves start howling. They're already howling. And it's it's crazy as it seems, but that's the way it is. Yeah. So you never know. Well, we'll you know, we've already learned so much over the first month of the year. And, it, and it's crazy to think about the next time Auburn plays football, it'll be week seven. It's kind of a, it's a bit of a depressing feeling, but uh, the football season obviously swings by so quickly. And so um, we thank you guys for, for tuning in today. Me and Jason kind of just wanted to get on here and ramble a bit about our bi-week thoughts um, of this team, of course, Starting early next week, we will have all your preview coverage of LSU as Auburn heads back to Baton Rouge. Again, crazy to think about, has the opportunity to win a second straight game at Tiger Stadium. And so um, we'll see how that happens this weekend with LSU and Missouri. Obviously, we'll be looking all across the league um, and getting ready for Auburn to return to the field. So thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the show. If you guys enjoyed it, go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next one, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy your weekend off, and we'll talk to you all soon. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. 
Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.